Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin, yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello, and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My name is Tanner Price. And while I'm no longer joined by Greg Hockert, I'm still excited to be with you guys today. Um, we got we got a lot of stuff cooking for you guys um, in 2024, and I'm really excited to finally get into basketball season. With football season wrapping up, um, it's time. It's time for basketball season, although the non-conference of the basketball slate has already been played, and so we'll talk a little bit about that today. But first, I think we need to talk about the... Washington versus Michigan National Championship game. I am okay with how it turned out. I don't love that Michigan won the national championship. It was a good game. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. It was close until, honestly, the very end when Michael Penix was hurt, and you could just tell that Michigan was stronger in the end than Washington was. And I think it'll be interesting when Washington makes its way into the Big Ten next year to see how they fare against these very strong um, offensive lines and defensive lines, whereas Washington coming from the Pac-12 is more of a high-flying, get out in the open field and break some tackles. Um, so it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see how Washington, Oregon, UCLA, and USC do in the Big Ten. But I do feel like I need to talk about this, and I, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to hear what Greg has to say because. As, as we know, this will be a little bit of a transition for me doing the podcast by myself. But personally, watching the championship ceremony, all that Michigan and Michigan fans could talk about was the adversity that they went through this year, how, how much difficulty they had in their season. And honestly, I think that that is a load of crap because, yes, they did have adversity, but it was brought on by themselves. Their coach had multiple infractions this season and was suspended, one, by his own school, and then two, by the conference, not even by the NCAA. So I'm very interested to see what happens with a potential punishment that comes down from the NCAA. But Michigan fans, please, please, please do not say that you went through adversity because the adversity was from yourselves. You caused yourselves this pain. Ultimately, you won the national championship. Great for you. Yay. Whatever. But to me... There is no adversity that you guys faced that was not your own fault. So I'll get off my soapbox there. I know <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. There wasn't even a Big 12 team in the national championship, but I did want to talk about that. I also think it's interesting that we had two future Big 10 teams in the national championship game. I'm sure 20 years down the line, this will be remembered as a Big 10 championship Um and a Big Ten versus SEC championship because that's ultimately what it is with Washington moving to the Big Ten and Texas moving to the SEC. So then you had Washington and Michigan and then Texas and Alabama basically representing the Big Ten and the SEC, which is fine by me. I'm I'm ready for Texas to leave this conference, but we have to continue talking about them through the basketball season. I will continue to do that. Oh, I just got a notification. Maybe I should... Uh... <laughs> mute my notifications but anyways 
back to what I was saying. It's it's frustrating to me that eventually this will be viewed as a Big Ten championship, and it, it wasn't. The Pac-12 really did put on a showcase in their last year of uh, being a conference. They had they had a lot of very good teams, especially Washington, um, but also Oregon, Arizona. They had a great final season in the Pac-12. So sad to see these this conference die, um, but it, I'm excited for what the new schools are going to bring to the Big 12, and it'll be interesting how the other schools transition to their respective conferences. Okay, all right. Let's talk about basketball here for a little while, probably the rest of the podcast episode, but um, nonetheless. So I'm recording this on January 9th, uh, Tuesday, and actually games as I'm speaking. Games are happening and games are finishing, so I will be sure to cover those next week. And honestly, I might adjust when I record and when we release the podcast so we're not, I'm not dropping an episode the same night that a game comes or that games are being played so so that we can review previous games and also predict future games but conference conference play opened on january the 6th which was a saturday and it was honestly the games went pretty much as expected i didn't really see any upsets outside of texas tech beating texas in Austin, which was a great win for Tech, and it looks like actually currently they're going to go on to beat Oklahoma State in their second conference game. So a good job to start 2-0 for them. But I would like, as kind of an introduction to basketball season, I would like to talk through the each Big 12 school's conference play and then also look at some of their best wins, key losses, and players to look for, as well as how they did in the non-conference, and then if they are ranked in the top 25, which I know that doesn't really mean much, because eventually I'm going to talk about some bracketology, but for now, let's let's go ahead, and we'll go alphabetically. I, I don't know. I just kind of like to do alphabetically. It just makes sense in my mind. So, um, Baylor, honestly a very solid team this year. I'm looking forward to seeing what they what they do. They had a few departures in the transfer portal, specifically KJ Adams, who was a true freshman last year and played very well for them. But he left and actually went to um, Houston. Yeah, he went to Houston. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what Baylor does this year. But they started 11-2 in the non-conference, and that was great. They won their first conference game. And surprisingly went to overtime with Oklahoma State and they ended up winning 75 to 70 in overtime but very very close game like I mentioned it was a surprising showing from Oklahoma State but hopefully well I guess if you're not an Oklahoma State fan not hopefully but as a fan of the Big 12 and more specifically Oklahoma State it was surprising to see Oklahoma State play as well as well as they did and we'll see if Oklahoma State can pull off some upsets against other teams but Going back to Baylor, they went 11 and 2 in the non-conference. They are currently ranked 14th in the country, and that was that was as of January 8th, which was Monday. They are ranked 14th in the country, and to me, in their non-conference, their best win was when they beat Auburn 88 to 82. They didn't really play anybody that I thought was super impactful, and they won those games. But they did have two key losses that were there only two losses in non-conference play. And those were against Michigan State and Duke. They 
they did get blown out by Michigan State. Uh, they lost by 24, but that Duke game was significantly closer, and they only lost by eight in that game. But I'll be interested to see how they continue on through conference play. And obviously, we'll talk about them every week, so I'm, I'm not too worried about it right now. But I would say if you're watching, if you just happen to catch a Baylor game, definitely the player to look for. And guys, when I went through and pulled players to look for um, in the respective Big 12 teams, I did not take the highest scoring player. In some cases, I did t- I did pick the highest scoring player to look at, but I what I looked for was the most well-rounded player and by that I mean high decently high points per game but also focusing on rebounds and assists how well are you getting your teammates involved are you crashing the are you crashing the boards what are you doing that impacts the game other than just scoring so for Baylor I wanted to shout out Ray J Dennis and yes his name is Ray J it's R-A-Y-J Ray J Dennis he averages 14 points a game, four rebounds, and six assists. So he's doing work throughout the entire game. All right, let's go ahead and talk about one newcomer to the Big 12, and that is BYU. They are currently ranked 18th in the country after a 12-1 and non-conference slate. I thought their best win was against San Diego State. They won by 11, and let's keep in mind, San Diego State went to the championship game last year. They retained a lot of good... A lot of good players and to pull off a win like that is was very very solid I did think that their key loss was to Utah Uh, obviously it was their only loss so obviously (laughs) it's going to be their key loss but they lost uh, by four to Utah and I believe that was in a uh, national showcase so definitely a good game there and Utah has some of those bragging rights in their rivalry and then a player to look for on BYU's team is Spencer Johnson. He was definitely not their highest scoring player. He averages 10.5 points a game, but he adds so much more to the game, including 5.6 rebounds per game and 4.6 assists per game. So he's he's impacting the game in other ways as well, outside of just scoring. Okay, let's talk about Cincinnati. To me, Cincinnati and Houston for basketball are some of the best additions that Brett Brett Yormark had to the conference, specifically in basketball. So Cincinnati, they, they're historic um, for some of the players that they've put out. I think of Kenyon Martin because he played for the Nuggets for a long time. Um, but they've had very good teams throughout their history. So they went 11-2 and in the non-conference. And, you know, I didn't really think they had any outstanding wins. The two teams that they played that are traditionally good teams – especially around March time or around March madness time was Xavier and Dayton. So they lost, they only lost by five to Xavier, who is, who is now, I believe a top, top 10 team, maybe even a top five team. And they lost to an unranked Dayton by 14, but Dayton, Dayton's always a good team. They, they're always able to recruit and it'll be interesting to see what Cincinnati does in their first year in the big 12, but I expect them to do well, um, probably in the top half of the conference. And then the Cincinnati's player to look for is Victor Lockin. I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that right. He's he's a foreign-born player, but he averages 14 points a game, almost 8.5 rebounds a game, and 2.3 assists per game. So definitely crashing the boards there. I like. I personally love to see a guy averaging almost a double-double, especially in conference play. Even though you're not playing any, anybody 
Um, two great, like I mentioned before, they didn't really have any significant wins. But averaging almost a double-double in non-conference should give you some confidence going into conference play. Okay, let's talk about Houston. Houston is arguably the best team in the in the Big 12 right now. They're 13-0 in the non-con. Uh, they're second in the country. Their best win to me was against Xavier. They won by six. Obviously, no key losses because they haven't lost yet. <laughs> And the player that I'm looking out for for this season is Jamal Sheed. He's averaging under 10 points a game, but he's contributing 4 rebounds and 6.2 assists per game, which is top top 25 in the country for assists, uh, assists per game, that is. So I will definitely be keeping an eye out on Jamal Sheed. I know Houston has a ton of playmakers, and I'm very interested to see what Kelvin Sampson does in his first year in the Big 12, but I fully expect Houston to be in the top five when the final AP poll gets released and potentially a one seed in the tournament. All right, let's talk about Iowa State. Iowa State was kind of the darlings last year in the Big 12. I don't know if that's going to continue. Their home record last year was absolutely impeccable. They, I, I believe they only had one loss, and it might have been to Oklahoma State last year in an upset game. But anyways... They are 11-2 in the non-conference. I thought their best win was against Iowa. They won by 25 in this game. But when you can beat an in-state rival, no matter how good or bad your opponent is, if you can beat an in-state rival by 25, you are put, that, that's a statement win to me, no matter what. And then their two losses, which I thought were key losses, were against Virginia Tech, where they lost by 9, and Texas A&M, where they lost by 4. And my player that I'm that I'm watching that I'm going to be watching throughout conference play is Tamin Lipsy. He averages almost 15 points a game, which is pretty solid. It's not going to get you anywhere in the top 25 in the country for points per game, but he does average almost six rebounds a game and and six assists per game. So very very much a contributor on the offensive end and on the defensive end. All right, let's talk about the second best team in the conference right now and that would be kansas kansas is 12 and 1 they had one loss to marquette they did lose by 14 but marquette it's 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 interesting to see to see what they do throughout this year but kansas obviously their one loss was to them they're i i put down three wins for them i thought there's th- these three wins were against very uh solid teams you could honestly call these blue blood teams so they beat kentucky obviously another blue blood team they beat them by five kentucky at the time was ranked 17 and then they beat a number seven tennessee team by nine and then they beat a number four yukon team by four so very very solid start to the season and currently kansas is ranked third in the country behind one slot behind houston and i think that is just because of their one loss and as we know, Kansas recruited Hunter Dickinson from Michigan this year. He is an absolutely outstanding player. I believe he he is averaging a double-double, but I wanted to point out Kevin McCuller Jr. He is leading Kansas in scoring with 20.1 points per game. That is that is absolutely outstanding, and he also adds almost 7 rebounds a game and 4.5 and assists per game. So very, very solid start to the season for Kevin McCuller, especially with a a difficult non-conference schedule, and we'll see how he how he fares in the conference slate. 
Then we'll talk about we'll stay in the Sunflower State and talk about Kansas State. They went ten and three in the non-conference, and I thought their best win was against a traditional blue blood Villanova. They won by one in overtime, but some of their key losses, and I don't like this last one, but first they lost to number 21 ranked USC. They lost by 13 at the time, and USC um, was ranked 21st in the country when this happened. Now they have fallen out of the top 25 rankings, but they they also lost to number 12 ranked Miami by 8. And then, to me, this was this was their worst loss of the non-conference slate. They lost to Nebraska. And in this game, they only put up 46 points. That That is, I'm not going to say unacceptable, but it's definitely not what you like to see, especially in a non-conference game and against a former Big 12 foe. The player that I'm watching for Kansas State is Cam Carter. He averages 16.2 points per game. rebounds per game and three assists per game. So not, I would say he's more of a scorer than a distributor as a guard, but he definitely can put the ball in the hoop. All right. And then I think we should talk about kind of the surprise of the big 12. And that is Oklahoma Porter Moser in a, what could be a considered a hot seat type of year for him last year. Oklahoma did not do well in conference play, but this year in the non-conference, they started 12-1. and They're currently ranked ninth in the country, so that's that's a very solid start to the season. And then I thought their best win so far was against number 23 USC. They won by two in this game. And then their key loss, their only loss of the season, was against number 11 North Carolina, where they lost by 12. And honestly, going up against North Carolina, I, I understand a loss here but it would have been very, very nice for OU to start the season undefeated. And the player I'm looking for is JVN McCollum. He averages almost 15 points a game, 2.6 rebounds a game, and 4 assists per game. So he's able to share the rock and score at the same time, which is what you love to see. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the second biggest disappointment so far in the Big 12, and that is Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, they went... 8-5 8-5 and five in the non-conference. They lost to some teams you just you should not lose to if you are a Power 5 team. They lost to Abilene Christian by 15, or excuse me, by 5. I can't do math right now. I'm, <laughs> I've been doing it all day. Excuse me. Um, and then they also lost to Southern Illinois. This is the second year in a row that they've lost to the Southern Illinois team. And I know they only lost by 2, but this is an absolutely horrible loss and a bad look to start the season. Their best win to me was against Tulsa. I don't think that they've really won any any good games. They they haven't upset anybody. And while this win was at a uh, neutral site, they they did win by by fifteen. So I I like this win against Tulsa. And honestly, you guys, I know <laughs> most of our listeners are Oklahoma State fans, but. This is going to be a very interesting year to keep an eye on Mike Boynton, the head coach of Oklahoma State. I'm not calling for his job. I don't think anybody really should do that. That is not the athletic director. Um, but this this is a this is a stressful year for Mike Boynton and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. If he does not put up a good year, he was able to pull in some some solid talent from the transfer portal. He has six true freshmen on the team, which I know one of them was a five star, and he had a couple of four stars as well. He he was able to recruit. But if you can't at least make a deep run 
in the Big 12 Conference Tournament or even potentially get a spot in March Madness as a as an 11 seed, I'm not sure that he is the head coach at Oklahoma State next year. And I know that's that's very uh, that's strongly worded for me. And <laughs> Greg and I started this podcast because we didn't really want to do any speculation, but that's just what it is. I I am not sure that he will coach. He will be the coach of Oklahoma State next season if things continue on the trajectory that they started in the non-conference. But with that, with all of that being said, I would say the best recruit that Mike Boynton was able to pull in was Javon Small. He was a transfer. Um, I, he came from one of the Carolina schools, uh, from a mid-major that is. But he's averaging over 15 points per game. And as a as a true point guard, he's also averaging 5.3 rebounds a game and 4.7 assists per game. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about TCU now. They went 11-2 and in the non-conference, and I thought their best win was against Georgetown in the Big 12 Big East battle. They won that game by one, but they did have two... Honestly, they're, they're only two losses, but their two key losses in the non-conference were against number 24, Clemson, where they lost by eight. And then this, to me, was their worst loss. I know Nevada is a decent team, but to lose by 13 in the non-conference is, is, is a tough look. And the player that I am most looking forward to watching for TCU is Micah Peavy. In the non-conference, he averaged 11.3 points per game, almost five rebounds per game, and a little over three assists per game. And then Texas, they had a obviously a very solid football season, but they are looking to make another deep tournament run. And they went 11 and two in the non-conference. They are currently 25th in the country after um, after their loss on Saturday to Texas Tech at home. But their best win I thought was against LSU. They put up 96 points in this game. That's absolutely incredible, and it's kind of kind of going along the trend that we are seeing in the in the NBA. I'm not sure if any of our listeners are very big uh, NBA fans, but scoring is very much up in the NBA, and we're kind of seeing that with Texas. Let's see. Their, their, key, their two key losses, and their only two losses in the non-conference, were against number five, UConn. In that game, they lost by 10, and then they also lost to number eight, Marquette, by 21. I know that Marquette is a good program and I know that Texas has some good players but you got to put up a better fight against Marquette in this game the player that I'm watching and I have been watching for a long time especially if you're somebody from Oklahoma or who has lived in Oklahoma is Max Asmus he was a transfer from Oral Roberts this past year he averaged in the non-conference 17.2 points per game three rebounds per game and 4.4 assists per game and to average almost three rebounds a game from Max Asmus is very, very solid and something that I'll definitely be keeping an eye on uh, in the conference slate. Okay, let's talk about Texas Tech. I know that I've kind of touched on this before, but they had a very solid upset win against Texas in Austin, but I will, I'll right now be only talking about the non-conference. In the non-con, they went 11-2, and and their best win was against, was against Michigan, where they ended up winning by 16. So very, very solid victory. They only allowed 57 points, so a great defensive outing by Texas Tech. And I thought their key losses 
were to Villanova, where they lost by 16, and they also lost to Butler in overtime by 8. In that game, they put up 95 points, but also allowed 103. So like I just mentioned about their defense against Michigan, how that was solid in Butler, against Butler, they gave up a lot of points. And the player that I am looking for from Texas Tech is Joe Toussaint. He averages 14.5 points per game, 3.5 rebounds per game, and a little over 4 assists per game. So he's able to share the rock, crash the boards, and put the ball in the basket. That's exactly what you'd love to see. And he's not even their highest scorer at 14.4 points per game. So it'll be interesting to see how Texas Tech does the rest of the year. And then we have UCF. They went 9-3 and three in the non-conference. They're really not known as a great basketball program. I believe they lost their first conference game, and I'm not sure how they're doing tonight. But if they're, if they're playing any of the traditional Big 12 basketball teams, I... Oh, speaking of which, they actually just lost to Kansas State by 25 in the Little Apple. So... Tough, tough game from them, but they went 9-3 and three in the non-conference. I didn't really think that they had any significant wins, but they did lose three games. Their key losses were Miami, number 13 ranked Miami, excuse me. They lost by 16 in this game. They lost by three to Stetson. I've never I've never even heard of Stetson before, <laughs> before I started doing research for this episode, but they lost by three, um, and then they also lost by two to Ole Miss. So, an SEC loss, an ACC loss, and then a mid-major loss. It's not not starting the year off on a great foot. But the key that I'm, or excuse me, the key guy that I'm looking for for UCF is Darius Johnson. He put up almost 14 points per game, three rebound, three rebounds per game, and three and a half assists per game in the non-conference. And finally, I know I've thrown a lot at you guys, but we'll be talking about West Virginia. So I have to give it up to West Virginia just as a program for the players sticking around um, with the whole Bob Huggins situation that happened this past summer. They, while they have not had a good start to their season, I fully expect them to pull something together. I know that fan base loves their basketball team. um, And I'm, I'm, I'm truly interested to see how they rebound from the turmoil that happened at in the summer, and then honestly not not starting off very well. So they, they went 5-8 and eight in the non-conference. I didn't really think that they had any good wins, but their, their, their worst losses to me were against Monmouth, where they lost by 8, SMU, where they lost by 12, and UMass, where they lost by 8 as well. So tough start to the season, but I'm sure that they will be able to turn it around a little bit in conference play. And the player that I'm looking for, uh, forward to most watching in conference play is Quinn Slazinski. And first of all, that's that just a fantastic last name, Slazinski. That is perfect. Um, but he averaged 15 points a game, five rebounds a game, and two assists per game. So personally, I know that there's a few guys on West Virginia that there's definitely there's at least one guy, uh, Raekwon Baker, who has put up almost 21 points a game, but I'm excited to watch Quinn Slazinski, easy for me to say, and I'm also eager to watch Kerr Carissa, who was a transfer from Arizona this past year, so it'll be interesting to see how West Virginia fares. Okay, and at this time, I would like to introduce Bracketology with Tanner. 
No, I'm kidding. But um, I am going to start doing a bracketology segment here. Um, it'll be I, – I loved listening to Greg talk about bracket, bracketology last year. Um, but I will have to talk about it now. So first of all, let's, let's talk about our one seed. So we have Houston and Kansas, no surprise to anyone. It'll be interesting to see how this fluctuates throughout the entire season. But currently, Houston is the number two overall seed, and Kansas is the number three overall seed. So they're still getting one seeds, but they are behind Purdue, who is sitting as the number one overall seed. Then we go on to the three seeds with BYU. In the five seeds, we have OU and Baylor. In the nine seed, we have Iowa State. And then in the 11 and 12 seeds, we have Texas and TCU. So currently projected by Joe Lenardi on ESPN, Texas and TCU are both in the play-in games. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they fare in, the, in, the, in conference play. And that will determine whether or not they are strongly in the tournament or on the bubble. And as well as being in the play-in games, Texas and TCU are technically on the bubble. And then some other teams that are also on the bubble and will f- definitely fluctuate throughout the season is Texas Tech, Cincinnati, and Kansas State. So I'm excited to see what all happens in conference play. It's going to be, it's going to be up and down. There's going to be roller coasters all over the place because that's just what Big 12 basketball is. Big 12 basketball, anybody can be anybody on any given night. There's no guarantee wins, and that's that's what makes this conference the best basketball conference in the land. There is no doubt in my mind that the Big 12 is the best basketball conference there is. Hands down, I will go to my grave saying this. (laughs) I love Big 12 basketball. I know Big 12 football is is a big deal, but the teams, the fans, basketball in the Big 12 does not, it doesn't get better anywhere else. Trust me when I say that. Well, everybody, um, I do want to say thank you for sticking around. I know this was a little bit of a shorter episode. I wanted to go through and give kind of a review a review of the non-conference and let everybody know what's been going on. So I think that, one, I'll be starting to record on different days so that we're not recording on game days like I mentioned before. And two, this is going to be new. So what I have done and what I've started doing is recording short little 5-10 minute episodes and I'm going to start releasing them on Patreon. Yes, I said Patreon. I started a Patreon account where you can go and subscribe for $5 a month. It's nothing nothing crazy. Um, but on, on the Patreon, what I'm going to do is allow access to these short episodes and I'll be recording more episodes and more content for you guys throughout the basketball season and then in the spring maybe start talking about baseball a little bit um definitely talking about football recruiting because that is always a hot topic right now um but yeah so i would love if you guys would support me on patreon as i am trying to put out more content for you guys i know you all love the big 12 just as much as i do or i hope that you love the big 12 just as much as i do but it'll be interesting to see um, to see how this goes. I'm also planning on releasing some merch. I think that we can capitalize on big on the Big 12 conference itself, and with the help of my lovely wife, she she's a great graphic designer. I am not that at all, um, 
but she's going to help me create some, create some shirts and you will be able to access those through Patreon. And hopefully I'll be able to create a link where you can also, you don't have to subscribe to the Patreon to buy those shirts. Um, I will let you guys know when those are released and what, and I'll, I'll also be posting a lot about those. Um, and finally, this next football season, I plan on attending at least one new stadium. So I obviously, as you guys know, went to Oklahoma State. So I, I attend, I've attended so many games in Boone Pickens Stadium. Also with the addition of Colorado to the Big 12, I've attended multiple CU games growing up. As most of you know, I'm from, I'm from Denver. So I love Folsom Field. I love the atmosphere there in Boulder. Um, and obviously it's going to be a wild, wild year with Coach Pro- coach prime being in the big 12. Um, but yeah, let me, let me know what you guys or where you guys think I should go. Um, I, I would love, obviously top of my bucket list would be like Morgantown, Manhattan. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited to start this journey and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to try to be posting more on social media, which, which is kind of difficult for me, honestly, because I work in a defense facility so i'm not i'm not able to access my phone throughout the day um so i'll i'll try to be on social media interacting with people more um but yeah it should be an exciting year and one more final thing sorry (laughs) i'm just kind of rambling on but um if you guys have any suggestions for guests that also includes any anybody any school that is coming into the conference like we had we had the Folsom Frenzy podcast guys on earlier this summer. Um, but if you guys have any suggestions for guests that I should get on, and honestly, we can we could we could we could try for a, a big fish, maybe someone who was a coach or was a player at a certain school. I think that that would be a lot of fun to try to see if we can if we can get some get a big fish, if you know what I'm saying. But everybody, thank you for sticking around, and please, if you would. If you haven't done this already, if you would go into Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and leave us a review, leave us a rating, that helps us, that helps me grow the podcast and allow more Big 12 fans to find us because that's what we're all about here. We want to get everybody in the Big 12 involved and listening to the podcast and just joining in. Also, gosh, I'm going back to the Patreon thing. Um. If you join the Patreon, there is a board on the Patreon where you can post comments and start a discussion between whoever you would like. Um, I'll try to be active on there and so that you guys can see me post and post some some more content for you guys. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for listening. And I'm so, so excited to start this journey in 2024 with you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun and I cannot wait. Alrighty, everybody. We thank you. We love you. Goodbye.